0: Welcome to the E-Governance Academy podcast to discover the future of governance. E-Governance Academy has assisted digital transformation globally in more than 130 countries. Our experts will share their insights and worldwide examples on how digital technology could benefit every society. Tune in for the Digital Government podcast every Wednesday. Welcome to the Digital Government podcast. I'm Federico Plantera, journalist, sociologist, and researcher. And today with me, we have... Urmo Kübar, CEO of Praxis, former civil society advisor to President Kersti Kaljulaid, and most of all, the former CEO of the Network of Estonian No-Profit Organizations, which is a position that he covered for eight years. Welcome. Thank you. So, uh, as you can understand already from the list of uh, Urmo current and former job positions, then uh, the topic of today is indeed the role of civil society organizations in an increasingly digital society. So let's start first with, uh, let's say, clearing out a few points on like what are what are civil society organizations, just for like our listeners, uh, but also especially what is their role in, um, in supporting the development of a digital society? And by supporting the development, I mean, what's at stake for civil society organizations
1: in this sense? well civil society organizations uh, are traditionally seen as providing two very important functions in in society so one of them is representation bringing uh, up the voices uh, of of people and and groups in society who otherwise perhaps might not be heard so it's in addition to to the elections etc uh, so civil society uh, uh, provides that very important function and another is service uh, function definitely helping uh, people to to overcome uh, certain issues I- in their lives uh, and and very often obviously civil society organizations combine those two uh, actions uh, together and so it's it's sometimes difficult to draw the line but uh, but through doing this also they say, uh, help to increase the social capital, uh, build trust uh, between people and and in most successful cases between people who otherwise perhaps wouldn't meet. Uh, So that is uh, the role of uh, of civil society and um, the role of digital uh, in in their work is, is obviously you, you, you can't see those, those things differently, especially now, 2021. Uh, it's digital is everywhere and, uh, and it's, it's very smooth, uh, this uh, uh, interaction between online and, and in so-called real life uh, happening. So, so that's naturally combined into the work of, of non-profit organizations. Although I, I I'd have to say that um, despite Estonia being known for for many e things and 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 being one of the examples uh, in the world which is often mentioned as as a successful uh, digital Very country, <laughs> uh, but I, I I would say I think it's fair to say that civil society isn't uh, that much the leader of the digitalization. So uh, such as, uh, let's say, our business sector has been. Let's say that, uh, for example, uh, TransferWise, which is now WISE, has been revolutionizing uh, the, the finance uh, industry. Uh, Skype did it before with... Uh, with uh, yeah, with calls and video calls and, it, like, uh, internet-based uh, communication. Or Verif is doing it now with uh, online verification uh, issues. So um, we can't say that civil society has come up in Estonia with... Uh, Solutions on on that level. However, uh, I I do think that civil society has been quite quickly adopting uh, to uh, the changing environment uh, and and benefiting a lot from uh, from these changes. Starting from the very very basic everyday uh, things. Uh, when I started uh, my my career uh, in in civil society uh, organizations. Uh, Uh, The the main function of, let's say, umbrella bodies uh, in in civil society uh, was uh, often providing information. And uh, in in 1990s in Estonia, uh, the information that non-profit organizations needed was mostly about funding opportunities. So how did it happen in real life uh, that those uh, representatives of these organizations went abroad, uh, participated in some conferences and came back with Suitcase full of, uh, of uh, <laughs> phone books and, and catalogs uh, filled with the uh, details of, uh, of international foundations, etc. And then they made copies of these and distributed this information. And, and it's, uh, uh, when, when I started working with uh, network of Estonian nonprofit organizations, we had those phone books still in our archives and we <laughs> took them to recycling. And and, uh, and I now was they thinking are a nice museum much, light. <laughs> yeah, how much easier is life now uh, when when all this information spreading, this information is so much quicker. Uh, like registering organizations online, r- filing your taxes, doing uh, all the information exchange that you need to do with uh, with uh, government. Uh, it just takes a few minutes instead of uh, hours or days or weeks that it uh, took earlier. So clearly, it's uh, it's making life so much easier. But it's interesting that you highlighted some uh, digital solutions
0: that basically, uh, how to say, uh, in- enable or somehow improve, let's say, the functioning of civil society organizations in their support or administrative functions. For what concerns instead the content or the purpose itself, let's say, of civil society organizations in Estonia? Um, So their life is made easier, of course, like by the use of digital tools, because they, uh, of course, like benefit the life of everyone in this country, the the citizen, the company or the nonprofit organization, they all have to file taxes. So, of course, like that facilitates the life uh, of of everyone, uh, but uh, makes it easier in the sense. Uh, but for what concerns instead the purpose of civil society organizations, no? uh, how can they support, let's say, the making of a digital society in the sense of making it also to more seamless, let's say, and like indeed doing, doing what you already mentioned, like bridging these gaps in society. Um, so what's at stake and also what's the role of digital, let's say, in the, within
1: this framework? well uh it uh, as a first of all if uh this administrative tasks uh, can be done online it uh, it leaves you so much more time to focus on on the main things obviously but uh but uh also the digital is there uh, in in the main things uh, as well uh, uh, because uh, let's say uh, perhaps one of the best known estonian civic initiatives let's do it uh, when it started in in 2008 uh, uh the its its goal was to clean estonian nature from illegal rubbish that was taken there by by people who who didn't care uh simply uh, yeah who yeah, <laughs> simply didn't care so first um uh, the idea was was pretty innovative uh, back uh, then that we could put together those resources that we have that there are people who are willing to to uh, contribute uh, towards uh, this great goal of uh, getting our nature clean again. Um, but, uh, but we need to organize them somehow. We need to know where where the help is needed. And, and so uh, let's do it started by mapping uh, trash, which was back then, you know, it had just become uh, possible thanks to GPS uh, systems that you could go around uh, in Estonia and, and when you found this uh, this rubbish, you could you know, uh, put it on a map, uh, you could take a picture showing that uh, what does this place look like. Uh, you could add the information, how many people would it need to, to clean this place. And then people all over Estonia uh, could register for, for that again, doing online. I, I wouldn't imagine uh, an event of that scale without the help of digital tools. But obviously, the, the, then all the preparation became possible thanks to uh, these uh, e-tools. Uh, on the same, uh, at the same uh, time, uh, the event itself was very physical. <laughs> you know, people coming together and 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 doing the job, uh, um, and and yeah. So this is one of the examples uh, how uh, how digital solutions help uh, civil society to create the change what uh, what they they want to do. And building up exactly like on this last sentence that you just said,
0: uh, why would then uh, so what is the perspective of civil society organizations first of all towards the term in itself seamless society and why would they why is it in their interest and also in the interest of the people who uh, refer to civil society organizations to have a more seamless society uh, whose realization, of course, can be massively facilitated by uh, the use of digital tools.
1: Yeah, I, I think, as I understand uh, this uh, term, seamless society, it is a society where different groups and sectors work together effortlessly and and uh, and combine their unique strengths. Because, like, let's say, let's take public sector, civil society, and business sector. We all have our unique strengths uh, which others don't, and vice versa. Uh, so um, uh, if we combine these unique strengths uh, together, then we can do great things. Let's say, uh, for example, let's take the issue of domestic violence, uh, which uh, has been for long overlooked uh, in Estonian uh, society, but, uh, but it has uh, been and, and still is a great problem uh, for, for too many people. And, and here uh, civil society, has fulfilled the role of, uh, of uh, you know uh, this uh, early uh, uh, alarm, uh, like uh, understanding that this is an issue that, that needs help, so starting providing help to, to the victims, uh, uh, starting, starting uh, drawing public attention to, to the issue. But uh, there are limitations to the work of, uh, of these organizations. First of all, resources, I say, very often don't uh, have a great deal of them. And and there's also uh, civil society organizations can't do the work of a police or a legislation uh, makers, uh, etc. That that's why we need public sector also here and uh, and with, with their um, potential yeah, and, and, and their contribution and business sector uh, in in terms of, uh, of perhaps uh, providing resources for that and uh, and if these uh, all three sectors and media also come together and, and uh, join their forces for the common goal, uh, then great things can happen. And for a person who needs help for the victim, uh, it is not actually important. If the help comes from the public sector or from a civil society organization, she doesn't have to know it. Uh, even it's important that the help is there and the help uh, is provided in a best way. If, uh, if all these sectors um, combine their strengths.
0: Have you seen steps towards this seamless society becoming, let's say, more of a reality in Estonia during your time as a as an advisor to President Kesti Kallulaid? What's your uh, what's your take on that?
1: I, I think uh, because it, just it, for, for
0: our listeners, uh, the, the side note is that uh, Urmo has become CEO of Praxis uh, pretty recently, a couple of months ago, uh, but up until that time, basically for uh, four years. Uh, you've been indeed like uh, advisor to President Kersti indeed on civil society. Uh, so that's that's the side note. Thus, what is your take?
1: Yeah, and the journey has been even longer. Uh, I, I think I started with a topic uh, as a, a university student. I was studying journalism and working as a journalist and I started writing uh, about uh, these issues. And uh, yeah, so... Like m- my journey is, is about 20 years uh, long in, in, in this field and obviously the, the development has been tremendous uh, during that time, including uh, this uh, understanding of why do we need to work together. I, I remember back in, in, uh, in 2000 and around uh, that year, uh, it, it was quite unclear to, to most of the society, like uh, what is exactly the role of uh, civil society organizations in a modern democratic society? You know, we had this history of our singing revolution and that was like citizen movement uh, that led to the independence, uh, regaining the independence of Estonia. And and I guess everyone understood that. But now when we have our own country, what is the role of civil society organizations? So I think it was unclear both to the civil society organizations themselves. Clearly it was unclear to politicians, uh, although many of them had grown out from uh, the c- civic movement, but uh, but yeah, the understanding was mostly lacking, and uh, and it uh, has started building this uh, that actually there is a great uh, a great deal to to uh, succeed uh, when we work together, and uh, and obviously it isn't just you know a smooth ride; uh, uh, it has its bumps uh, all the time, uh, and and I think that's how things should be but by now clearly uh, both sides uh, uh, have uh, seen the benefits of uh, successful cooperation and and that's something that we aim to
0: i'll ask you actually one question exactly drawing uh, uh, basically using as a starting point the consideration that you made on the singing revolution so uh For our listeners who don't know that then Estonia regained its independence in the early nineties uh also after this like uh, massive episode in the in the in the epic in the epos of the Estonian independence, which is the singing revolution uh which means that in any case there uh, the the aggregator uh of the of a community and of communitarianism and the feeling of belonging was in any case. Let's say rather cultural or in any case related to uh, the nation or uh, nationhood also, which was lacking up to that extent, of course, due to the presence of the Soviet Union. So that was rather, let's say, something that maybe we can indicate, I don't know, as from my point of view, that would be like a somehow like a vertical connection in terms of uh, uh, feeling of belonging that one, an individual, draws or like concludes, let's say in the sense, uh, reaches an understanding of towards towards the identity of being Estonian and then finds other people around him or her who are also Estonian and they also identify with that. But maybe the horizontal relations between from person to person might also be weaker, let's say, than we think because Estonia, Estonia, as other post-Soviet countries, of course, had historically low levels of uh, social capital in terms of generalized trust and the trust in others, let's say, within the society. So from one side, we have that. And then from the other side, we have the fact that some may argue that the increasing digitalization of society by cutting some links, which we might even find, I don't know, annoying on a daily basis, such as going to uh, a public uh, sector office and like talking to an employee. But in any case, the digital tools and uh, especially like uh, ICT platforms, so for communication, uh, are, let's say, cutting these links more and more. So how does, what's indeed... How to say, let's say, what is the sustainability, let's say, of civil society organization projects and purposes and actions? And what's the support that they can get, let's say, in between, uh, like caught in between these two different trends that one might think are instead eroding support for civil society organizations to have an important role in a country like Estonia?
1: Well, first this was a very long question <laughs> but i had to make the point <laughs> i i think that regarding social capital one of the advantages of estonia is being a small country and uh, and um, a country that is not very hierarchical uh, yeah, and a country where social mobility at least until now is quite easy so uh, thanks to the quite good education system Uh, so even if you come from uh, not that advantaged uh, family uh, background uh, it is still uh, for every kid in Estonia it's possible to get a good education that uh, helps you to to enter the best universities in the world. Let's say that the
0: degrees of separation uh, upward Are fewer than
1: in maybe more uh, legacy-based Western societies. (laughs) Yes, uh, uh, definitely. And and if there's uh, the saying of six steps of separation, uh, I think in Estonia it's a maximum of two or three uh, uh, steps uh, that you can reach anyone. The handshakes,
0: Uh, like uh, the handshakes that it takes to reach the U.S. president in the U.S., I think that it was that the the degrees of separation. Yeah, when I was
1: (laughs) for one year, I was I was working um, uh, in U.S. uh, for Smithsonian Institution which was a great year. Uh, and at some point uh, I counted all the management levels uh, up to, uh, between me and, uh, and the top uh, level uh, president of, of that institution. And that was eight levels. And I can't imagine, of course, it was huge organizations. There was like 8,000 people working for that, which is... Uh, unbelievable in Estonian context uh, but uh, but I I couldn't imagine in Estonian society so many uh, management uh, uh, levels here it is very easy to uh, to meet anyone uh, at you know you go to the same supermarkets uh, you you go to the same uh, sport events uh, if they take place uh, and and so um, you you always you can you can reach anyone uh, quite easily and therefore uh, I, I think uh, the social capital uh, it has to be taken into consideration. Uh, it's uh, ridiculous in Estonia if some person starts to think of him or herself as as being above uh, other other people uh, here. So, or as sense, being also
0: like completely separated from the rest of the polity, let's say. Exactly.
1: Yes. To, uh, uh, so that's important. However, of course, the digital uh, development has, as everywhere in the world, it it has made it so much easier to to stick to your own kinds, uh, to to surround uh, yourself with people who think a similar way to you, which is you know quite comfortable in 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 some aspects. This uh, bonding social capital, as uh, as uh, Robert Putnam has uh, has named it, and which is also important. Uh, In in life, Uh, but uh, as as also partner, uh, that uh, bonding social capital helps you uh, to to get by. Uh, But breaching social capital, which is you know connections between uh, people who are different from you, that helps you to get ahead. Yes, Uh, and and, uh, both uh, uh, for you personally and as well as uh, for the society as as a whole. So uh, uh, that needs uh, special effort. Uh, I, I, I do believe digital uh, development uh, brings opportunities for that, but it doesn't take uh, place uh, itself. Uh, I think it's uh, natural for us uh, to to try to find uh, people uh, from our own kind, and and so now we can, you know, surround uh, ourselves with uh, similar thinkers uh, from all all around the world. Uh, so we don't need to uh, to. Uh, look for contact with different uh, people. Uh, but uh, but civil society, if they take that into consideration and really focus on, on that, uh, then they can bring together these groups and perhaps they have better position for that than, than many other uh, institutions uh, in society. The same, let's do it, uh, is, is one of these examples where those people who, you know, despite their political mindedness uh, or uh, despite whether they believe uh, that there is this virus uh, or or whether it's a huge conspiracy uh, theory, they can still come together and and work for the same goal, uh, like cleaning their communities, doing something together. And uh, yeah, through that, these contacts uh, can take place and and also it it helps to understand uh, these people better. So, So I see this uh, is is a very important role. Uh, of civil society organizations and and here uh, digital capital can be used for both ways. You can it can be used for separating people, but it can be used also for bringing people together. So digital tools can help build this
0: trust in each other bridge these gaps, let's say within even like uh, actually even more so like in a small, relatively small like society uh, like Estonia, because I mean, we should not forget indeed that Estonia uh, has a little over like one million people in the whole country. So uh, definitely, then digital tools and a rather uh, more digital oriented and digitally savvy, actually, not just oriented, but like knowing what are what is the potential that these digital tools can unlock in terms of the of the connections that they can uh, build in society can help indeed the purposes and the and the goals of civil society organizations, which are of course always. Uh, committed to pursuing something that is of public interest, so that is a public good. But, Urmo, we will have to close it here for today. Thanks a lot for this conversation, and thanks a lot for joining us at the podcast. It was my pleasure. And uh, that's it also from your host, Federico Plantera, and uh, tune in to the next episode of the Digital Government Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by eGovernance Academy. Tune in on next Wednesday.